0: From the After 9 Podcast Studios, this this is the award-winning After 9 with Scott and Kat.
1: Powered by Tony Johal, broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed or he'll buy it. Hey now. Oh, good day. How are
0: you? Good. How are you? Good.
1: Uh, Thank you to everybody who downloaded yesterday's After 9. We are back on track with a full week of pods coming your way. And tonight, more history could be made. Leafs are taking on Dallas. Mitch Marner, if he gets even a point, is going to extend his point streak for a record-setting 20th straight game. Wow. He's already got the franchise record. He passed Daryl Sittler. He passed Ed Olchek. I forgot about Ed Olchek until that stat popped up on, on Sportsnet. But he's got the record. He could extend it to 20 straight games. Do you remember, how long ago was it? A month ago when people were screaming, Trade Marner, Trade Marner, Trade Marner. Well, here he is on a 20-game point streak. Well, could, could be 20 games tonight. Hmm. I, um, I had a proud dad moment yesterday. My son has never shown any interest in hockey. He is a lacrosse guy, loves it, and, and that's his sport. He sent me his Christmas list, and there's a Leaf jersey on it.
0: Oh, okay. Oh, that's cool.
1: Well, it was. I was super pumped. He wanted some Bill stuff, and he wanted a Leaf jersey. He wanted Nylander. Not who I would have picked.
0: Oh, well, that's fine, though. That's his. It's, it's not your jersey.
1: But it is it's still.
0: his. <laughs> he can put whatever name on it he wants. Is that because he wants to wear it? Because he goes to a school in the States, for those that don't know. Does he want to rock that while he's in the States to kind th- of show off his? Yeah.
1: I think that's I the point. I love that. W- walk into some American bars Just wearing a Maple Leafs jersey.
0: Just warn him to be careful.
1: Y- y- you have to. You know. Now, fortunately, Indiana doesn't have a hockey team, and that's, that's- probably for the best. <laughs>
0: that is for the best. But
1: either way, uh, not who I would have picked, but at least he's wearing a Leaf jersey, and that makes me happy. Uh, Kat, there's a lot of things going on. We're going to talk cheese in a few minutes. I love cheese. Who doesn't love cheese, really? Cheese is really? great. It's a great snack. It's good for you. We'll get to that coming up in a few. But first off, and kind of in the same realm, yesterday, a uh, professor at Dalhousie came out with the annual... Food price report. Every December, we get a little forecast as to what's gonna be happening at the grocery store next year. Yeah. And usually it's oh, we might see a two percent increase on meat, but we'll see a decrease in produce and that sort of shit. This year it's an across the board seven percent hike expected next year. A seven percent hike to the cost of groceries will do this for a family of four. It'll increase your annual grocery bill by about a thousand dollars bringing the total cost to feed a family of four for a a year to $16,000 in groceries. And when I heard that, I thought, no. As I thought about it more, I thought, yeah, actually, that's pretty spot on. Doesn't that sound about right? 16 grand to feed a family of four? I'm trying
0: to think. I mean, I have a family of four, um, but I also have two little mouths, So maybe that's why I was going to say it seems high to me, but- yeah. I, I mean, when my kids get older, pff, I'm sure I will disagree and I'll say, no, yes, they eat a lot because once they get to their like teen years and stuff, I know that they don't stop eating. So that does factor in. <laughs>
1: no doubt about it. It works out to about $300 a week in groceries. The okay. professor at Dalhousie, her name is uh, Sylvain Charlebois, says food inflation will remain high in the first half of next year before it starts to ease next summer.
0: Next summer. See, and I'm hearing, um, I don't know, we're hearing different things about inflation, but inflation is starting to drop in other areas, not at the grocery store. I think we can all see it, but in other areas, apparently, it's starting to get a little bit better. I haven't really seen that that much. But uh, by summer, they're saying, okay, is that because a lot of the produce that maybe we're going to buy now that's uh, not winterized, kind of fruits and veggies or whatever, we have to add extra cost to ship in? Is gonna be more accessible, especially in certain parts of
1: Canada, right? I don't know. We're a we're a farming nation. Yeah. We have so many farms in this country that it's crazy to me that it costs more to grow the same cucumber it costs more to grow a mm-hmm. cucumber in Canada than it does in the U.S. It's odd. A lot of it has to do with taxes, and that's the, the word that they're dancing around right now at the House of Commons Agriculture Committee. Okay. Yesterday, they had some grocery executives in to try and explain what the hell is going on here. Canadians are going broke. Food bank visits are at an all-time high, and you guys are making record profits. It doesn't look good. Kat, the excuse that came out of Loblaw. It was Loblaw and Empire that were testifying yesterday. And if I'm not mistaken, Empire is the Sobeys chain. Loblaw is Superstore, Zare's, uh, what else? Uh, Is it No Frills? No Frills, yeah, No Frills. Sure. They've got a lot of different brands under Loblaw, but they also own Shoppers Drug Mart and places like that. Well, their senior vice president of retail finance told MPs, with a straight face, we sell a lot of products other than food. We do not publicly disclose the margin on food alone. Hmm. Basically, shoppers, when they report their profit, is going to say, yeah, we made uh, a, a $10 million profit this month. But they won't say, yeah, a million of that was deodorant and shampoo at shoppers. And, and then there was some prescription drugs that we sold at, at shoppers and our pharmacy brands. And, and, this Sh- and don't that. forget
0: about the Joe Fresh brand, too. Is that all lumped in too? all of it? Get out of here. They, like, don't tell me that you... Blah, blahs, you're lying. Don't tell me that you don't com- compartmentalize all of those things, if you will, as you as you do your books and know what's coming out of what. There's no fucking way you do. Because how do you know what to put on the shelves for a house and home section? You know, we'll, all know that, that there's that one aisle and those kinds of stores that have, like, plates and saucepans and shit like that. And
1: dish soap. You're
0: telling me you don't pay attention to that? It's just an overall
1: what we're making... Give me a break. That's not true. It borders on contempt. It borders on contempt. You're testifying in front of a parliamentary committee that I'm going to assume has the best of intentions in trying to lower prices for Canadians or at least get us some answers. Because to you, to me, we all look around and see what's going on. We see those quarterly profit numbers Mm -hmm. come out of the grocery stores. We see the prices are so much higher than they used to be. And Loblaw would actually, in front of a parliamentary committee, say... Yeah, we sell a lot of shit. We're not going to tell you what's what. Mm-hmm. Sorry, none of your business. Yes, it is our business. Yeah. Do you know how much how many subsidies were given to grocery stores during the pandemic? And don't forget before the pandemic, when poor Galen Weston went to Parliament Hill with his hat in his hand. Excuse me, sir, to the prime minister. And we bought them all new freezers across yeah. the country. Yeah.
0: Give me a break here.
1: This and is don't, ridiculous. Don't treat us
0: like we're dumb. That's the part that bothers me the most is when, when this happens. And then I feel like- oh, it'll go away because we'll say this and then nobody will nobody'll think t- to ask questions. I always ask questions. Always uh, ask questions.
1: I just don't understand how they can get away with that and why we're not forcing them to disclose more. Uh, I, I say we have like a, like a freedom convoy type inquiry. Mm-hmm. You know, we just went through that whole exercise with the Emergencies Act. Let's have a pandemic inquiry where we find out who made how much off of what. And I don't just want to know about groceries. I want to know about the vaccines. I want to know about the the rollout. I, I heard a stat last week, and it dropped right at the end of the week, so it missed the news cycle, that we were paying nurses, for example, say 50 bucks an hour to give out all those COVID shots when everybody was going. But if it was a doctor that volunteered to do it, he was getting paid like $250 an hour to do the exact same job. Hmm. That we had doctors not in hospitals or seeing patients just giving out shots. The whole thing is crazy. And today, there is a report coming out from our national auditor. Karen Hogan is going to release an auditor general report specifically on COVID. We're going to find out about the vaccine procurement. That was a big issue roughly a year ago. And we're also going to get one on the distribution of CERB. Not just on CERB, whether or not it was a good idea to give it out or whether or not it was a good idea to do it through the CRA. (laughs) We're going to find out how many people defrauded the system Uh and how quickly and efficiently, if at all, we were able to get that money back. I have a feeling we're going to learn today that as we're all struggling and our government is broke, that we pissed away tens of millions of dollars on people that weren't supposed to get it but did or people that took it Knowing they weren't eligible, oh, yeah. and now we can't seem to get it back from them.
0: You're going to see, uh, you're going to see a mixed bag of all of it um, if it's even brought to light. Everything that actually happened. I have a friend that works in, this, in the CRA and told me at the time, at the heat of these, um, these financial, you know, whatever, this financial help being submitted, she'd get phone calls from people going, "Am I supposed to get this?" And she's like, "No," and we're going to have to ask for that back. How did you even, how did you even get that? But it was so easy to get it. Mm-hmm. And now they're trying desperately to get some of it back. How much will actually, they'll actually get back? I don't know. But they were, a lot of people were told at the time, you aren't supposed to be getting this, but you're getting it. What's going on? Like in the tens of millions, if not hundreds of millions, probably. You know,
1: I'd also like to know from this report, and we haven't seen it yet. It, it hasn't dropped as we record. And it's uh, about 10 to 10 in the morning. We, uh, I, I'd also like to know how many people had applied for EI, And got automatically put on SERP. We all have that employment insurance safety net. If we lose our jobs, we can tap into that. And we pay into it with our checks all the time into EI. Mm -hmm. There was a lot of people who lost their job, not because of COVID, but because of the reasons that people lose their job all the time. So they would go to apply for EI and be told, oh, no, 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 you can't have EI. You need to take SERP." Okay, well, that's not what people were applying for. How much of that screwed up the books? You know, I mean, I think that's a fair question. Sure. I'd also like to know when it comes to COVID and the pandemic benefits that we paid out, how many people didn't get it? Because I still say there's a lot of people like yourself and myself who took a big hit during COVID. We lost money. We had to spend more money than we were used to. We didn't get a thing. We weren't eligible because on paper, we had a job. doesn't mean we weren't out, but then there were other people who just aggressively went into the government and said, yeah, I need CERB got it, no questions asked, and now we can't track them down. Was it equitable the way we distributed that money? Because the money is paid into by all of us as taxpayers. But some people made a lot of money. Some people got absolutely nothing in the way of subsidies or whatever. I don't have any kids that are in school. So everything the province sent out, I wasn't eligible for. You got nothing, yeah. I got zero dollars from the government for anything covid related even though i incurred a lot of those same extra expenses that everybody else did i uh, i have a business on the side that was cost money and i wasn't able to apply for any relief there's a lot of businesses and people in that situation that couldn't get any they just watched their tax dollars flowing out the door seemingly mm. for no good reason in a lot of cases so good job to karen hogan in advance i'm really excited to read this report i think it's going to be interesting uh, you've got a lot of friends who work in the education sector. Yeah. Just yesterday, we learned that QP has accepted the province's offer, which is great. It's an extra dollar an hour on average. Yeah. Seventy-three percent voted in favor, and now once again, all eyes are on Laura Walton, the head of the union. This is a woman who came out and said it's eleven point seven percent. That's what we'll we'll take. Nothing less than eleven point seven, and then was just a rock star in the public's eyes when the Ford government tried to introduce the notwithstanding clause. She was able, as a union leader, to lead a charge of other unions to pressure the government to drop it. And then the whole thing went completely sideways. Apparently, she was crying in a news conference when she told her members, this is the best you're going to get. I encourage you to take the offer. How did the best you're going to get go from 117 to 3.9% and how are members of the union feeling right now? I'd imagine they're relieved that they're not on strike and that they can go back to work and do the job that they love doing mm-hmm. and with a little bit more money and they're going to get back pay because this is retroactive to the end of the last contract. So they're all going to get a nice little check right before Christmas, which is good. But do they really feel like their union did their job? Did the union really get anything accomplished here? Or did they just piss everybody off over a dollar?
0: Yeah, I uh, I, I think that it was very clear when she went into those meetings um, and everybody went into the meeting together that the government wasn't going to budge. So I think at a certain point, you do have to just say, yeah, if we do this, we're just going to upset people more, more so uh, than they're already upset and take kids out of class. And that I, I truly believe that wasn't their goal. <laughs> you know what I mean? To get kids out of class. No, Nobody's goal was that. So, I mean, I'm happy that a deal was done. Um, I do think in a lot of cases where people are asking for higher uh, wages for what they do, especially in the school system in general, that they deserve more than what they get uh, for what they deal with day in and day out. For this specific situation, though, uh, I'm glad everything's everything's done. I mean, yeah, it's helpful. Until the next potential strike for whatever the next
1: thing is. Well, I'm still waiting for the rest of the numbers to come out. Now that the negotiation is done, I assume we can find out where the truth is. We'd heard... 39,000 is not enough. They even registered. 39,000 is not enough as a website. But then we'd heard anecdotally actually, it's not 39,000. They get paid exceptionally well considering this is a part time job that only goes nine months a year. So, mm-hmm. where are the, the people who are truly working full time hours all year round for 39 grand a year? Where are they? We'll find out now because the numbers will come out. And I do think people are interested in knowing because it never seemed during that whole process like we were getting the full story. But now the next concern is the teachers. They still haven't got their contracts. They expired at the same time as QP's did back in the summer. There are four teachers unions that all need to work out a deal with the government. And it's probably going to go down one of two ways. They're either going to have the same issue that QP had, and we're going to be back in a rotating strike or walkout situation, or the deal's already done. Once QP got done, all the other unions fell in line, and bam, this is just going to be labor peace for the next four years. I'm curious to see what gets done. We know it's coming. It's just a matter of what stage in the negotiations they're at. Kat, how are you with cheese? I love cheese. Do you think you could identify various kinds of cheese if I put out, say, five or six of them in front of you? Blind taste test, you could pick out what's what?
0: I think so, yeah, for the most part. You'd sure. know
1: what's the camembert and, and what's the brie and what's yeah. the mozzarella and, and what's the provolone. You, yeah. You could do that. As long
0: as it's nothing obscure, um, because I've had some obscure cheeses that are shit. Um, yeah, then I could do that.
1: Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? Off topic, before we get to this, have you tried the Merlot cheese? It comes in different kinds. Yes. You know, some of them are in coffee grounds. Some of them have got chocolate covering.
0: Yes, I have had the Merlot one. It's not
1: bad. Not bad. If not you go, bad. If, if you put that out, people will be impressed yeah, when they come it's over not bad. I
0: like those. I love going to, like, there's nothing, nothing better for me than on, like, a Saturday morning, I'm going to one of these beautiful artisan kind of shops, you know, small local shops. Even if I have to, I'll well, take like a farm boy or something. That's fine. But- Testing out just different cheeses to put on my charcuterie board. Fucking right. That a charcuterie makes my day. board?
1: You must be making money. Jesus. Yeah. It's expensive to put I, out a charcuterie board these it days. It is
0: expensive. To the price of cheese specifically, and the meats are not cheaper either. They have also gone up a little bit, but mm-hmm. cheese especially, it's like almost twice the price. Almost twice the price. But you can still get deals though, but that's why I like those little shops because they'll usually have specials on. Then I'm like, yeah, let me taste test all the special ones, please.
1: Honestly, go to one of the artisan shops, go to a mom and pop shop. Let's stop giving money as much as possible to to those big grocery chains, yeah. who, in my estimation, until they tell me otherwise or show me otherwise, seem to be profiteering off of inflation.
0: That and also when we're ta- if we're talking about cheese specifically, yeah, don't don't go visit a grocery store for that. They they might have a couple of specialties that they bring in, and that they're supporting those businesses as well. Um, but th- for the most part, no. Like, no, no good, unless they're bringing those in, but then the price will be more money than another shop, because they're going to drag up the price, obviously.
1: They're also making their own store brands, too. I was shopping yeah. for charcuterie-type stuff on the weekend, and I thought, oh... Wow, now there's a Longo's brand prosciutto. Now there's a Longo's brand mortadella. There's a right. Longo's brand of this cheese. Yeah, sure and it's there is. just a little cheaper than the other manufacturers that have always been there. So they mark it down just a little bit That's and what we get more money directly to those PC's chains. PC's
0: done it for years.
1: It, it, yeah. yeah. Oh, but they froze their prices though. Don't worry. Yeah. We're good for another month. In any case, I'm asking about cheese because I'm actually kind of surprised that nobody noticed this sooner. A customer sued uh, TGI Fridays, the chain in America, because they ordered mozzarella sticks and quickly realized this isn't mozzarella, it's cheddar. (laughs) Is that a viable lawsuit? If I order mozzarella sticks and they bring me cheddar sticks, do I have a valid complaint?
0: I think so. I mean, it's right in the name. Mozzarella is in the name. I'm not saying go sue everybody. If that was me and I was at a restaurant and I was like, hey, wait a minute, this doesn't taste like mozzarella. Oh, it's not? That's weird. And I'd carry on with my day. I'm Uh not suing anybody. However, when you look at the lawsuits that are out there now that people have won and if you're really desperate for it, I could see a lawsuit actually going somewhere with this. Now, what did it say in the description for the product? Because you know how in every restaurant you'll see a menu and the items there and then in the smaller print you'll see, oh, our delicious blah, 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 hand rolled and all this shit. Did that say mozzarella specifically too is what I'm curious about?
1: Well, they were called mozzarella sticks, strongly implying that it was mozzarella that was breaded and deep fried. That's what you would
0: think. Yeah, it's right in the title. So whatever it said underneath it, I'd be curious to see. Uh, If it didn't say anything at all, yeah, I think so. Unless it said, I know it says mozzarella, but truth is, it's cheddar. (laughs) I doubt it said that, but I'm just saying that would be the only saving grace. But aside from that, why are you calling the mozzarella sticks then?
1: That's a great question. I'm really not sure, but a federal judge has reviewed this lawsuit, and it's a win and a loss for the person who filed it. The judge is not allowing the lawsuit against TGI Friday's, the restaurant chain, to go forward. And maybe it is because of how it's listed on the menu. I'm not sure. The last time I was at TGI Friday's, I was a little drunk, to be honest with you. That's what TGI Friday's is for. Exactly. It's (laughs) cheap beer, right? And and you go in there because they have all the endless apps and, oh boy, you can get this app for $4 and this app for $5 and you mix and match and you get the whole table covered and it's great. I don't even know if it has a description on the menu. So the judge did not allow the lawsuit against the restaurant chain to go through, but it is allowing the lawsuit against the company in, I think they're in New York. It's the company that makes the one that they sell in grocery stores. You've probably seen it in the frozen section. There's a couple of products from the TGI Fridays line. One of them that they have is TGI Fridays mozzarella sticks. Hmm. Well, sure enough, once you thaw them and crack them open, it's cheddar in there. So they're actually allowing the lawsuit to go forward. This person says, "I ordered a box of them on Amazon for 22.95." and then discovered from reading the ingredients on the back that there's actually no mozzarella at all in their mozzarella sticks. Oh,
0: that would have been my question is what's on the ingredient label? So why, again, why are you calling it that then? That's a dumb idea on their part. They might have to lose or at least try to settle for that reason.
1: It doesn't say how much they're suing for, but I have to think that if the judge certified this lawsuit to go forward, that's almost an endorsement of the lawsuit.
0: Yeah, I think that uh, I I sniff a settlement here. Uh, because I think that this person will take whatever they can get. So even if that's like 10 grand, she'll be like, cool. Not to have to go forward with anything else with a lawyer for herself, right? (laughs) Yes.
1: Crazy. Exactly. Uh, Think to your company Christmas party. Do you think companies are having Christmas parties or are they still paranoid about COVID? We haven't had one. We're still doing the survey monkey about which type of party we'd like to (laughs) have. We're trying
0: to figure out, do we do big, do we do small? That said, though, our company is not the same as a lot of other companies. Some welcomed everybody back and it's a big building. Uh, I mean, it crashed a Christmas party the other weekend and there was a lot of people there. So, I mean, yeah, I think a lot of companies are doing their Christmas party things still. Maybe they've changed it around a little bit, but I think doing something is nice.
1: company here in Traverse City, Michigan. They held their Christmas party at a local hotel this past Saturday night. Now we know about this company's Christmas party because of the police report. As it turns out, one of the employees who came dressed as the Grinch got a little too sauced at the bar. Okay. And beat the shit out of another employee that was dressed as a fucking reindeer.
0: (laughs) Wait a minute. They're they make did they make their employees dress up for the Christmas party as
1: Christmas characters? I don't know if it was required or strongly suggested or, they or if they it? just did it on their own. <laughs> I've no idea. They say it's not clear what led to the fight, but alcohol was involved. Police say the Grinch was the aggressor and started throwing punches. They believe the reindeer guy was simply trying to defend himself.
0: Hey, they were just in character. <laughs>
1: What do you do when you arrest the Grinch and you take him down and it's time for the mugshot? Do you make him wipe the green paint off his Laugh face? Wipe your
0: ass off is what you
1: do. Take off that hat, asshole. It's time for your <laughs> mugshot. Is it one of those kind of deals? Are those whiskers glued onto your face? How does that work? <laughs>
0: Oh my gosh. I would love to see that. Is there a video of that somewhere?
1: I hope I'm so. I'm
0: Googling I'm going to Google it after this podcast.
1: How do you suppose Monday went for the HR department at that company? Because I'll bet you that <laughs> was fucking weird. Uh,
0: they're, they're, the best part is the HR department probably witnessed it too. So they're like, oh fuck. All right. Well, I guess I got to go home early because I'm going to have some paperwork to draw up on Monday. All right, here. Take out the rest of my wine and my, here's my ticket for the other wine. I got to go. <laughs> fuck.
1: Is it, uh, or should it be expected that if your company throws a Christmas party, it's an open bar? Because a lot of people feel like if it's not an open bar, they're not going.
0: Okay. So uh, open bar, it depends on where it is because open bar to me, if if it's at a hall, yes. Or I understand if they want to monitor the amount, but A, no matter what, you offer rides home to your employees. Can I say that again? Yep. No matter what, you're offering rides home to your employees. If there's any alcohol
1: or if it's free alcohol? Any
0: alcohol. Oh, okay. If there's any alcohol involved, why would you want to take that chance? So offer the rides. Make it part of your budgeting. Get them home safely so that if people start, because you know what happens, and this has happened to me before too, where I've ended up ditching my car, saying forget it. Because you get into that situation, even if there's those tickets, right? Everybody gets those drink tickets. Even in the ticket situation, I've been there before where people are like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go or, you you know, that one pregnant person or something in your office and then they slide you your ticket. Next thing you know, you're like, hey, well, I'm going to have to ditch my my car here and then I'll take a cab home. Make sure that everybody knows that they can have a safe ride home. Number one. Number two, if it is a hall, absolutely either open bar or be reasonable. A few drink tickets. Two.
1: Two, two at least. Jeez, that two doesn't even get me buzzed. I know.
0: Well, two at least, right? And then the option to maybe buy a small pack if you're really cutting costs. But those are the two rules. Now, if your Christmas party is during the day, during your lunch hour, yeah, I mean, buy everybody a beer or something, but you don't have to go crazy.
1: Okay. Yeah, that's a fair compromise. I uh, I know it's a big expense, but I mean, if you're not going to do it right, I feel like don't do the Christmas party at all. If What's you're gonna... right?
0: What's right to you, though?
1: Okay, so to me is appreciate your staff. If I appreciate you and say, I'm going to have a dinner in your honor, I'm sure as shit not going to ask you for any money. So if you're going to hold a Christmas party (laughs) for your staff or Uh a holiday party, I'm not sure which level of PC we're at this year, but if you're going to have a holiday party this year for your staff, you buy them dinner or or you buy them a meal and you include some drinks. Doesn't need to be an excessive amount. Doesn't need to be an open bar, but you've at least got to buy them Mm -hmm. a couple of drinks. Agree, agree. If you don't do that, I'm pretty confident your employees would rather you just give them the money instead. Yes. If you budgeted out at, I don't know, it's going to cost us 50 bucks a person for the meal and then an extra 30 bucks a person for the drinks, that's 80 bucks. Eh, We don't really want to pay for the drinks then just give everybody 50 bucks and say, have a Merry Christmas yeah. or give them a $50 Amazon card and say, you know, rather than spend money on food and drinks, we're just going to give you the money because we think it'd be better in your pocket yeah. than elsewhere. That I think would be a fair compromise I'm for
0: that. That's, that's fine.
1: I'm, I'm also open to suggestions on this. So if you want to slide into our DMS and tell us what your company does, especially if it's a little extra or if it goes over the top, love to hear from you. There's a new online prank that you should know about. It originated on TikTok and as these pranks get more and more attention, more and more people try them.
0: If my voice is associated with it, it doesn't mean I want you to do it. Can I make that perfectly clear? It started on TikTok, did it? It's all like you look at me like when I say that like, "Oh, here's this prank that started on." It was not me.
1: Kat actually narrates how to do it.
0: I do narrate <laughs> how to do it. I'm sure I do.
1: The uh, this prank is where someone goes into a, a big parking lot, like a picture of a Walmart parking lot. Somebody goes in, they park their car, they go into the store. While the person's in the store, the pranksters will go and completely surround their car by shopping carts. <laughs> Well, I mean, it's inconvenient and and if you come out and your car has been swarmed by shopping carts, God willing there's no damage, you've got to move some carts so you can pull out of the space. And and they usually videotape it cuz people come out and they're like, "Ah, fuck." <laughs> and they're all angry and pissy and everybody the people who did it have a little laugh and and that's the end of it. But it is mean because there's some people Of course it is. particularly older people who don't understand what's going on. So I'm going to play you a clip here from News Channel 6, and this is somewhere in the States. It's a woman who actually had the prank happen to her, and she didn't know what was going on. Listen to this.
0: He kept saying his manager, Dave, told him to do that. So I turned around, went back into the store looking for this Dave. She's like, who are you? You don't work here. You don't work here. And both of them kept saying, yes, we do. Yes, we do. We were hired this morning.
1: These two individuals are known by the PD We've had other incidents with them, and they've been trespassed from other properties.
0: And They want to catch people saying ugly things. When I decided to take their picture, they were like, oh, we forgot to say cheese. I wish they would just go get a real job. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, it, it sounds yeah. like these kids are shitheads. So I'll tell you a little bit more that I just learned. It was in Oklahoma, and that lady's name is Henrietta. She dropped into a Walmart to pick up a few things. And when she came out and saw her car had been completely surrounded by shopping carts, she admitted she was scared because she didn't know what was going on. A couple of guys were there. They pranked her again by claiming they worked at the store and their manager, Dave, told them to do it. Mm -hmm. So she went inside to try and find this Dave asshole that told these kids to surround her car. Of course, there was no Dave This was all a prank. These guys had a laugh at this poor lady's expense. And and she was freaked out by it. And she doesn't want it to happen anymore. So, I don't know. Do we sound like we're a stick in the mud by telling people, stop doing this shit? Should we just let it happen? I feel like we should tell people, hey, just so you know, it's not funny to everybody.
0: You know what? You're clearly not at the age where you could drive your own car. That's why I feel like that probably is the thing thing here, right? Are these young people that can't drive their own car? Because if you knew what an annoyance that would be. You probably wouldn't do it. Now, if now, what if this was a little changed up, though? What if we switched this up a little bit? What if we worked right directly beside the Costco? And somebody pranked you in doing that by taking the shopping carts and doing it. But they knew you. And they knew that you go, ha, ha, ha. Is that okay then?
1: If my buddies did it to me? Yeah. Good prank. Stranger? Just kids that are fucking around looking for content on TikTok? Get out of here. And, yeah. and you know what? One of these days, I guess what, what leaves me a little bit optimistic here... In our justice system is that at some point, sooner or later, someone's going to do this to the wrong guy or girl Mm -hmm. and they're going to get the shit beat out of them in a parking lot. And when they're left there with a bloody nose and a fat lip crying in a parking (laughs) lot at, at Walmart, maybe then they'll ask themselves what did I do? Was it really that bad? Yeah, it was that bad. It's a piss off and people don't want to deal with that. It's shit. annoying.
0: I mean, it's not the worst thing you can do to people. I think we can all agree, but it's still just freaking annoying.
1: We uh, learned this morning and we'll wrap up on this. We learned this morning that over in Europe, a major myth that we all grew up with has been exposed. What did they always used to tell us when we got on an airplane? They were militant about it. Put your phone in airplane mode. Turn it off or the whole goddamn thing's (laughs) going (laughs) to (laughs) crash. Yes. Well, as it turns out, that's not true. And airlines in Europe are celebrating a major accomplishment. The European Aviation Agency has just approved, starting this summer, all flights within Europe, you'll be allowed to use your phone. And I don't just mean use your phone, connect to the plane's Wi-Fi, which is spotty at best and heavily restricted. You can actually use 5G on the plane, meaning you'll be able to make and take calls. You'll be able to watch or stream whatever you want because it's your phone and you're using your data. You'll be able to do it in the sky, 30,000 feet above.
0: So I assume with that news, they won't be the only airline that'll start that at the same time because if they're jumping on that, who's to stop an Air Canada or something from doing it too? And, And American Airlines, et cetera, et cetera, right? If the technology is available, then they'll probably do it. Cause I think that that's a big plus for uh, a lot of people when they're traveling is to be able to access and not have to bring us a tablet for example Mm -hmm. like okay i gotta bring my fucking laptop because i can't go my phone i can't get to this i can't i gotta wait to email the person back and i can't send this message and now we can do it but it comes with
1: some cons too don't forget download like five fucking episodes of your favorite show and a couple of movies and and they
0: expire and shit i mean it's really irritating having traveled with kids especially real pain in the ass real pain in the ass to Mm -hmm. have to do that for the flight specifically. I like that. I Do not Do we know why, by the way? Why now? Like what technology is new or what reasoning is there?
1: Apparently 5G travels higher in the air oh. than regular, what was before 5G? LTE or 3G. Okay. So 5G goes high enough that you'll actually be able to functionally use your phone wow. in the air. Okay, so that's cool. It's pretty neat. I, I think it's a, a step forward because I like to have that freedom and flexibility. But
0: can, but can, we, can we just like, can that come with an asterisk though? Like, and now I feel like this is going to be put on the flight attendants. And I apologize to those flight attendants because now amongst all the other safety procedures and shit, they're going to have to say, okay, so yes, get off your phone right now. We're doing this. So they're going to have to find a way to block that and make sure that they're still blocking that. Be respectful. And also, if you're going to talk to someone on the phone during this flight, please do not yell because I feel like that's going to be an issue on a flight. Like, well, if I could call my boss during this, especially those business people, you know who you fucking are. You always want to do those businessy chats and stuff like that. Don't do it so loud. We don't need to know what's happening. We don't. And
1: we don't care what's we going on in your care. company either. It really doesn't matter. You just want to seem important. Unless you're an executive in the grocery industry, I have no interest in your business on that plane.
0: But that's the only thing is it will come with a few cons, but for the most part, this is a this is good.
1: There's that. The other con I see is for those who don't have a roaming package. So... Oh. Because it depends which tower picks up your call. At 30,000 feet, it could be any number of towers. And if you are German and you've got a German cell phone plan, but you happen to be flying too close to the border and it's a, I don't know, a Swiss tower that picks it up. Well, now you've just flipped to another network and you're incurring roaming charges. So you're going to want to look into it before you try it.
0: Well, lock it. You'd have to like lock your phone out from any other
1: networkers and stuff. There's options. Sure. That's going to start this summer. But to coincide with that perfectly, one of the airline's points clubs, the rewards programs, uh, did a survey asking people about the annoying shit that happens on planes. And they're doing this in part, not just to learn a little bit about their clientele, but also as a warning for everybody. This is a busy season for travel. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of people who will be on planes that probably don't know these seven things are rude and people hate it. The number one thing people hate about flying is when the person behind them kicks their seat. Usually a kid, not always.
0: I can't stand when someone kicks my seat. <laughs> and I'm so mindful of even putting up the tray on an airplane. Because, you know, even like move that movement of like putting your tray up and that upright and locked position it will affect the person in front of you. It's attached to their chair. So I try to be gentle. I try to be mindful. And then I got someone behind me who's not being mindful or gentle or even giving a shit. It's
1: annoying, it's right? so annoying. Number two is line cutting. Now, those are people who try and cut in line at the check-in and who try and cut in line at the gate. There's two different things at play here. You know that big snaky line? You got to walk through the rope ladder and stuff like that to try and get up to speak to somebody at customer service and check your bag. Mm-hmm. There's some people who will walk just off to the side but close to the front and just sort of slip in underneath. Right. Oh, I'm with this person here. No, you were late. So you're going to go to the back of the line. That's where you belong. Yep. And the other one is we're now boarding zones one, two, and three. Please come forward with your boarding pass. But you're in zone five or six and yeah. you still try and cut in or you stand right behind them so that you're first for your zone. People hate that. Three is when you're rude to airport staff and flight attendants. That does drive me yep. batshit yep. crazy. Yep. There is so, There is no reason whatsoever to be rude to those flight attendants. Mm-hmm. They have got a shitty job. They eat their lunch across from the lavatory. They have to put up with your nonsense for hours on end with no fresh air or sunlight. Cut them a break, please. Four is people who stand on the moving walkways so you can't get by. <laughs> Do people understand that it's just like the highway? No, they don't. If you want to stand, stay off to the right. If you want to pass or walk on the walking or the the automatic steps, you go on the left. Why is this such a foreign concept? Do we need signs for this?
0: uh, Maybe. And even if we did, though, Scott, people still wouldn't pay attention. And keep in mind, too, it's not just you as a person that needs to move over. You and your carry-on luggage that you have with you. Because I've seen that before, too, where the person's, like, off to the side, but then their arm is leaning out all the way to the left. And you're like, you're still giving me no room to get, excuse me. Uh And you don't want to have to be the person to say, excuse me, but people have places to go.
1: That walkway is not so you don't have to walk. That walkway is to uh, reduce the number of steps or get you where you're going twice as fast as you would at a normal pace. You don't want to slow that down. The whole point of it is to get it express. So get moving or move over. Uh, Number five, people who crowd the gate before it's time to board. Uh huh. What are those people up to? Right. What, what, what are they doing? Why do they want to get on that plane so badly? I
0: don't know. Because like, it's not
1: going to leave any faster just because you're in line
0: first. To me, I don't get it. Like, I, I'd rather just wait till the end. You know what? I'll sit here in, in this chair. No chair is really that comfortable in an airport. But you know what? I, I'm already settled in here. I've been waiting for this flight. I'll wait a little bit longer and I'll board as late as I can. Doesn't, because the plane's not going to take off any quicker for me.
1: You ever been the last one to get on a plane?
0: I don't think I've ever, uh, I don't know. I don't think so.
1: One time I was at the Ottawa airport and I was in the bar because the flight was delayed and kind of lost track of time. It was myself and a radio colleague of ours mm-hmm. and uh, they were calling us apparently. We didn't hear them in the bar. Oops. They actually came down to the bar, you know, Mr. Fox, it's time to go. So I'm running with a carry on suitcase down to the plane and, and you can tell people were fed up. They were ready to go after a lot of delays because as I walked on, they started clapping. And I felt like such an asshole. Wow,
0: that is an asshole thing to do. And then
1: I felt like all of you are assholes for clapping. (laughs) So
0: we're even. (laughs) Somebody, when we were talking about this uh, on our morning show, messaged in to say, look, just at a defense for those who want to hop on the flight early or or as quick as possible in their zone, uh, the carry-on area overhead Mm -hmm. sometimes gets pretty crammed, especially with the cost of baggage claim being so expensive. So more and more people are trying to do that. And he said he's run into an issue where he can't even have it above him. Oh. And they have to take it and put it elsewhere. But he wants access to it still. So that's why he does it. Okay. Well, that's annoying, first of all. But, uh, okay, I get it.
1: Someone who asks you to switch seats with them is number six. People do not like being asked to switch.
0: Never had uh, never had that before, but I did have someone offer to switch. On our flight to our wedding in Vegas, we had 50 people with us. So I think it was more because they wanted to be away from us than they wanted us to sit together because they noticed us yelling at other people that were not in our section. And they were like, oh, why don't they just sit here and we'll switch? I think it was more because they're like... We were partying pretty hard on the ah, plane, so yes. they were like, "Let's get away from this noise." So we were like, "Okay, cool."
1: The only time I was ever asked to switch and obliged was someone who had a window seat, and I like the window seat. Okay, yeah. Somebody asked me if I could take the window because they have an irritable bowel syndrome and need to get up quite frequently to go to the bathroom. Yeah, you
0: don't argue with that. Someone nope. uses irritable irritable bowel syndrome, IBS. Is you give them whatever they need.
1: Thousand percent. Last one on the list. Strangers who try and force you into small talk on the plane. I just want to sit, play with my phone, maybe watch yeah. a movie or a TV show, and you want to ask me where I'm going and why. Is this a work thing or is it business? Are you meeting someone or no? Yeah. Where are you going to go for dinner? Have you been here before or not? Yeah.
0: I've, I've had that a couple of times when I've flown in the last uh, year. I've had that a couple of times. It's not so bad, but my husband's better at it than I am. He made small talk with a guy that was sitting on the road next to us and he was chatting with him on and off throughout the flight, just like, have you been here before? Cool. What should we do? Like that kind of thing. And I'm just like, I'm not interested in it. The, like I'm not interested.
1: That seems to happen most often when you're doing flights to sun destinations. Everybody's pumped because holy shit, we're going to Jamaica. Yeah,
0: People are in good moods, right? They
1: want to talk. And I'm thinking, fuck, no, I don't care what resort you're at. And hopefully you're not at mine. Let's just go our separate ways <laughs>
0: Especially here. Especially when you see those. I shared a Once I shared an Uber to the airport with someone, it was an Uber or whatever. It was a car share service of some kind to the airport. And my husband and I shared it with this woman who was so irritating. Like uh, just went on and on about how all of her friends, husbands want to hit on her. And she's going to a girl's night and girls party in Mexico. I think it was Mexico or Jamaica. I forget where I was going at the time. And she just did not shut the fuck up the mm-hmm. entire drive. And Jamie's like, please don't be saying staying at the same place as us. Cause she was on the same flight. Thank God. She was staying at her own resort, like resort with her friends. I'm like, Oh, thank goodness.
1: Well, get this. People do not want to talk or talk to the person next to them. They don't like the small talk, but 75% would rather do the small talk than sit beside someone who smells. I agree with that. I'd rather do the small talk. Mm-hmm. 54% say they'd rather sit next to a dog than a baby.
0: <gasps> but, okay. It's I, not because they like dogs. It's because they don't like crying babies. they worried about crying babies. I yeah. get it. Dep- can I just say it depends how long the flight is? Because I don't mind if it's a short flight. I don't mind either if it's a short flight. If it's a long flight, that's where I have questions. that's where I might come into play and be like, no, we're
1: going to Japan. We'll land in eighteen yeah, hours nope. when this kid stops. Nope. Fifty five percent say they'd rather sit next to a crying baby than a couple that's in an argument. Huh. Oh. Oh, a couple
0: oh. in an argument—that's awkward. It is
1: awkward, but you know what? If you don't know them,
0: yeah, sometimes it can be some interesting shit. That's true too, though. I wouldn't mind eavesdropping on something and just saying what they're arguing. What are you guys arguing about? You know, you're about to go somewhere. Is it a fun trip? Clearly not. <laughs> Tell me why. Mm-hmm. What's your problem?
1: <laughs> Offer them your uh, mediation services, Cat. Yeah. Make a little money on the flight. I could do that. You know, sure. A hundred bucks, I can sort this out for you guys.
0: Let's settle this,
1: right? Have yourselves a fantastic Tuesday, everybody. We will see you tomorrow with a brand new episode of After 9. Bye-bye. A tortoise named Jonathan that lives on the island of St. Helena recently celebrated his 190th birthday with his 140-year-old trophy wife. (laughs) Hey, here's some good news for the holidays. Uh, After more than a year of record inflation, it looks like prices are finally starting to go down. So take that annoying people who finish all their Christmas shopping in November. Rapper Bad Bunny was named Spotify's most streamed artist worldwide in 2022. No word yet on what he's doing with his six dollars. Because I heard about a tattoo removal studio in London that's lasering off Kanye West tattoos for free. That's great. You just walk in and say, "Make my yay a nay." The After 9 Podcast is powered by Tony Johal. Broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold, guaranteed, or he'll buy.